Welcome to On the Record, a guide to English law, the legal podcast brought to you by Glazier Solicitors. Hello and welcome to On the Record, a podcast hosted by Glazier Solicitors. I'm Bethany Bailey and I have the absolute pleasure of having Stevie Hoyle with me. Hello, Stevie. How are you? Hi, Bethany. I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Stevie is part of our employment department and we'll be spending some time today talking about protected conversations. So Stevie, before we look at any of the questions or anything that we're going to go through, would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so um, my name's Stevie. I'm an employment solicitor at Glazier's. I qualified in October last year and I've been with Glazier's for just over a year. So a little bit about the team. So we act predominantly for employers on a wide range of contentious and non-contentious issues. We do act for individuals from time to time. Been quite busy at the moment with um, things arising off the back of the COVID-19 pandemic. So we've had a lot of queries surrounding furlough and reorganisation and redundancies and protected conversations, which is what we're going to be talking about today. I think probably the best place to start would really be to ask the question of what is a protected conversation? So protected conversation is essentially a way in which an employer can initiate pre-termination negotiation with an employee where the usual without prejudice protection doesn't apply. You said without prejudice. What is that for, you know, us non-lawyer people? (laughs) Yes. So the without prejudice rule, what that basically means is that any statement that's made as a, a genuine attempt to settle a live or existing dispute what it means is that statement, whether it's written or oral, can't be disclosed in any proceedings that are issued subsequently before a tribunal or a court. So what makes a protected conversation different from just a normal conversation? So a protected conversation, it has that without prejudice protection. So what it means is they're different from without prejudice conversations in the fact that there's no legal requirement for there to be an existing live dispute. So to have the protection of without prejudice status, there needs to be an existing legal dispute, which is likely to lead to litigation. But with a protected conversation, that requirement doesn't apply. So there doesn't need to be an existing legal dispute that you're trying to settle. So what that means is that essentially employers have got the opportunity to explore a potential settlement of someone from a business in wider circumstances than they would have done previously. What is the purpose of having a protected conversation? Yes, so the purpose of a protected conversation, what it means is that employers and employees can effectively have an off-the-record discussion to explore the possibility of terminating employment on mutually agreeable terms. Generally, it will be an employer that instigates that conversation, but there's nothing to say that an employee can't look to instigate that too. But it's uh, essentially a way of looking to get someone out of the business and have them leave on mutually agreeable terms. Let's say that I was an employer And I had an employee that I was thinking about having one of these conversations with. When should I really consider a protected conversation as the option to go with? Protected conversations, they tend to be most appropriate in situations where it's likely that amicable terms will be agreed quite quickly. It's also important to potentially bear in mind the temperament of the individual. So if you've kind of got an employee that you think is going to be agreeable and they're likely to take quite a pragmatic approach, then that's the time to consider a protected conversation. Is there anything to be cautious about when it comes to protected conversations? Yes, there is. So 
where there's any sort of argument that a protected conversation could be tainted with any potential element of discrimination, that protected conversation will lose that protected status. So what that means, for example, if you had a female employee who was returning from a period of maternity leave and an employer tried to have a protected conversation with them, there's an argument that that would give rise to a claim of maternity discrimination, in which case that would mean that the protected conversation would, would lose that protected status. And if any proceedings were to be issued by the employee, then that conversation and those discussions would be disclosable in any employment tribunal proceedings. The same rule also applies where there's any allegations of whistleblowing. So again, a protected conversation would, would lose that protected status and it would be disclosable in any sort of any subsequent tribunal proceedings. If employers are moving down the route of having protected conversations with any of their members of staff, how should they conduct themselves? Is there anything that they specifically need to do? Yes, there is. So protected conversations are subject to the concept of improper behaviour. So what this means is both parties, but particularly employers, they must act in a way that's proper in order for discussions to remain off the record and for protected conversation to, to keep that protected status. So ACAS actually provides some examples of improper behaviour in the code of practice. So that includes things like any form of harassment, bullying or intimidation, the use of any aggressive words or aggressive behaviour, any physical or threat of physical assault or any other criminal behaviour, any form of victimisation. And again, as we've mentioned previously, where there's any sort of discriminatory element because of a protected characteristic, such as age, sex, race, disability, sexual orientation or religion. So where there's any evidence that an employer has conducted themselves in a way that's improper, again, there's an argument that that protected conversation would lose its protected status. Is there a way for employers to avoid allegations that a conversation has been tainted by any of these things that you've said are improper behaviours? Yes, there are. There's a few things that employers can do. So one would be to avoid all form of aggressive words or behaviour in the correspondence and conversation with the employee. Not putting the employee under any undue pressure to accept an offer is another very important one. Making sure that an employee is provided with a reasonable time frame in which to consider the offer. Another thing would be to uh, make it really clear that when you have that protected conversation with the employee, that they won't be dismissed if they decide not to accept the offer. And another way to kind of make sure that you've got all of that tied up and again to, to avoid the allegation that there's been any improper behaviour would be to write to the employee after the protected conversation's taken place, just to summarise the discussion and the agreed course of action and what will happen next. So the protected conversation has happened, everything has gone well. What happens next? So assuming that the parties have been able to agree terms, what should happen next is that they should be recorded in a legally binding settlement agreement. So what that will do is set out the terms under which the employee will leave the business. Obviously, this gives the employer the peace of mind of knowing that that individual has validly waived the rights to bring any claims before the employment tribunal. And then that's everything tied up. And I'm sure the settlement agreements will be something else we will discuss in the future, as I know there's many different elements to settlement agreements. Yes. Now, last question that I have for you. I know we've talked about a lot of different things when it comes to protected conversations. 
is there anything any tidbits any any little bits of advice that you could give that would help when it comes to protected conversations I think the key thing would be and I know that I have touched upon this previously but where there is any sort of argument that a protected conversation could be tainted by some form of discrimination then I think that is the time when you need to think really carefully about whether or not you decide to go ahead I think that is kind of the key the key consideration for someone deciding whether or not to instigate a protect a conversation with um, one of its employees well it's been a pleasure Stevie thank you so much for your time I really appreciate you joining us this afternoon I'm sure we'll be talking about settlement agreements in another podcast especially with the way the employment law is changing it feels like on the daily if anyone does have more questions about protected conversations if you go to our website there are a couple of articles that the employment team have written over the last couple of months so there is a bit more information there but like I said Stevie it's been a pleasure thank you so much thank you Bethany